Amen. We give glory to God for such an appointed time as this. We are so grateful. I'm so humbled to be here. We thank God. Amen. And I just want to appreciate the sent man over this commission. I come from a culture of honor. And I know what it takes firsthand to see a man travail. To see someone leading even when they are bleeding. To see someone push past and actually adhere to everything they preach. You see, many people have not yet been tested and tried. And until you've been tested and tried, anything you have does not belong to you. When the testing comes and you can stand, when the wind blows and you can stand, that is when we can call you a soldier. That is when we can call you a general. I want you to give it up for a general of the faith. The sent man over the commission. The one who hears God on our behalf. The one who decided not to give up when all odds were against him. The one who God has called for such a time as this. You didn't scream loud enough for me. Because the more you scream, you're telling heaven, we need him here so you cannot take him anytime soon. Come on, shout and celebrate him. Shout and celebrate him. Shout and celebrate him. Man of God, we, we appreciate you. We thank God for your life. You are making an indelible mark throughout the world in Christendom. And we thank God for you. We thank God for you. Amen. Mordecai told Esther that if you remain silent, deliverance will come, but your household will perish. But we thank God that the Lord gave us someone who decided not to keep silent. Someone who came in by storm and has bulldozed. She has made her face like flint. And she said, I'm coming to do what God has called me to do. If I were you, I would celebrate the sent woman over the commission. The one who God has called to be his secret strength in this season. The one! Listen, I've been to a few places by the grace of God. And not every first lady is gorgeous. Not every first lady carries this charisma. Not every first lady can be anointed in the spirit and anointed facially. If I were you, I would give the Lord a shout. Let heaven know we need her here on this earth. Come on, shout. Celebrate. 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 Apostle, we thank you for a beautiful wife. Mama B, as you are affectionately called, we thank God for your life. 
as I was coming and I was praying, the Lord actually showed me the both of you. And I'm sure the machine is here, but I don't know what you would call it. But in America, the machines that excavate the ground, the, the excavators. And the Lord showed me both of you guys. You are excavators. You till the ground. And so South Africa has not seen anything yet. You have not seen anything yet. The Lord is going to cause you to rewrite and change systems. And he said that the best is yet to come. You have not experienced joy and happiness just yet. What, what, what you had before was joyous. But the Lord said, for you standing in the midst of trial, leading your people even when you were bleeding, he said that I'm going to give you triple for your trouble. Triple for your trouble. Mama B, we thank God for your life. We celebrate you and your greatness. You are bold. You are enterprising. You are just an amazing person to watch. And I thank God that he has called you for this assignment. You know, we each, we each show a dimension of God. And you both, the dimension of God that you show means that God can do everything. He's limitless. And we thank God for your life. And we celebrate everyone here that is under the fivefold as well too. And the helpers, the workers, the elders of the house, please celebrate them. And last but certainly never the least, me too, I am a, a woman sent on a mission, but I hide under the grace of a man that stands about 6'5". He is so handsome and anointed. And if you would just help me celebrate my husband, Apostle Dominic Osei. Come on, shout for him too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's anointed for this time. I don't go anywhere. I don't care how long my introduction is. I believe in the culture of honor. Because that is what allows graces to flow. And so I celebrate my husband, Apostle Dominic, the handsome man of God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. So today, the assignment that God gave to me to give to you was to unveil and unleash your true self to you even more. See, some women, they have an understanding of who they are, but it does not go as deep as it should. And some men, the Bible says that you should live with us according to knowledge. And so if you are here, you are not here by mistake. Amen? Amen? Amen. Today, I was reading the book of Genesis. And the Bible says that Adam was put into a deep sleep. Because there was no suitable helper for him. And the Bible continues to say that we did not come from the dirt like the men did. 
but we were refined. We were made with refined materials that does not make us better, but it makes us different. And so we came from his rib. And as I was reading, God said that this is what I want you to tell the people of God. That every woman under the sound of my voice, you have been refined for such a time as this. The Lord has intricately made you for such a time as this. You are not made by happenstance, as they say. You are not made by choice, but you were made for such a time as this. You were refined for such a time as this. And one characteristic about God that everyone needs to know is that God is a God that is, he's an overdoer. Anything you ask God, he will not give to you. He would not give you what you want. He'll give you better than what he wants, than what you want. He'll give you more than even what you ask for. So one of the main characteristics of God is that he moves from glory to glory. He moves from abundance to abundance. He's not a God that just sits there and is always mediocre. And so if we are the last borns of Christ Jesus, you must know that we have been refined. We are the secret strength of every man. If the, the ministry we are called to will fail, it is because I, the woman, I don't understand who I am. You see, anytime there's an issue in the ministry, I don't necessarily look to my husband because I already know the load that he is carrying. There's a priesthood dimension of every woman. And if you don't get to that point, Everything that is supposed to have favor around you now becomes desolate. And so women, we are called for a very interesting position. And so the minute people start saying that I can do what a man can do, I realize that you are confused because you have not finished doing what a woman is supposed to do. And so what God has called us for Satan is after us. Christ himself loves us so much. The fallen angels, we are all praying to get to heaven. How is it that angels who are in heaven already, humans were already made over a million years. They did not care to come down. But the Bible says that when they saw how beautiful the women were, they came down. That stands to reason that women, we carry a particular nature that if we don't understand ourselves, we'll begin to compete with men. What my husband can do, I don't want to do better. I'm called for my own thing and I hide under his grace. I hide under his grace. And so if you're here today, I'm here to empower you, but also put you in alignment as well too. Because I won't cheerlead you and empower you, and then you end up out of order. 
That is not what God called us for. And so many of you who are not married in this house, it is as a result of if God were to give you a husband, plus you're anointed, you would usurp authority. And so God has to deal with your character. Me, I will fly my plane and go back home. So I'll say it as the Lord leads me to. I'll tell it like it is. You can get mad at your pastors after me. I'm out. Some of you in this house, I was praying for you. And we'll pray for fruit of the womb and for marriage tonight as well too. And the Lord would have to respond because we are in alignment. But before he can respond to us, you must make sure there are certain things that you are doing. Now, as I said before, the Lord is a Lord that does exceedingly and abundantly. And when we go through the scriptures, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what, it, what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his almighty power. Amen. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? You see, this, this scripture here, what Paul was doing was he was saying the same word in different, different, you know, languages or different words. Exceeding, when you look it up in the Greek translation, is power. When you look up greatness, it's power. When you see the word power, it's power. And then again, he says, his mighty power. And so what Paul was trying to tell us here is that God is a God that does things in power. He does things in such a way that it blows our mind. He does things in such a way that it will force you to have to glorify God. And so if you are a woman here and your life is not glorifying God, if it's not drawing people to Christ, if it's not bringing more souls into the kingdom of God, I must question you. Your life must draw people to Christ. Your life must be full of the power, the dunamis of Christ. There are two dimensions of the woman. We have the softness of a woman, but then we also carry the priesthood of a woman. And God wants us to be so balanced that we get it right. And so sometimes he'll withhold some of your marriages. Today, if you are married, I want you to look inside the life of your husband and see if he's failing or not. And I'll be able to tell you if you are a prayer warrior or you are just a warrior. If we are supposed to be a, a form of favor for them, why does their life look so negative? This is a question you must ask. 
So when we explain the characteristic of God, it means that he's a God that exceeds. He said that you may have life and life more what? Abundantly. That is another word for expressing his power. He does not just want you to have life, but he wants you to have it more abundantly. That means as a woman, you should live in your charisma. Be happy to be a woman. Be rejoicing that God has called you to be someone's wife. Rejoice that you are a daughter. You must rejoice in this. The Bible says that he will give you exceedingly and abundantly. Here goes this word again. God being a God full of drama. He puts your life on display when you are in alignment with him. And so when your life is not on display, I have to question you. Some of you, you get a little bit of anointing and now men have to, to, to lay down for you to walk on. The devil is a liar. We will rearrange patterns and put it back in line the way God called us to. You can be the head of the church and your husband can be the garbage man. When someone is referring to you, the wife of the garbage man, not the husband of the pastor. If you don't learn these things, God will never lift you. In alignment, there is lifting. In alignment, there is safety. In alignment, there is protection. And so many of us, we are walking a wayward life. And we come to these conferences. And you think you come to see me. You came to hear from God. Because as for me, I have nothing to say to you, only God's word. And so God here, is, he shows that he's a God that does extravagant things. And so those of you who are in the kingdom of God and you think that prayer warriors are supposed to be broke, I'm telling you the devil is a liar because every prayer warrior must turn into a prayer champion. Your life must display the glory of God. It is not meant for you to live a life that does not glorify God. See, the power of God is such that it does not even need our help. Remember the other day, the Ark of the Covenant was in the house of Dagon. And the Bible says that power passed power because every time they came, the, 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 they saw Dagon on the floor. Eventually, they realized that this power passes the power that of Dagon. Then David came to get the Ark of the Covenant and the Bible says that it was about to fall and Uzzah decided to touch it and he ended up dying. And the Bible makes me understand that you cannot help God, God helps you. So lest you understand that you need the help of God in this walk as a female, as a woman that is called by God. You will end up trying to help God and die. You will end up trying to help God and die. You see, we were such intricately made people that, that even the angels were questioning, who are these people that you are so mindful of? And when you read the scriptures, you carry the understanding that, that the angels were made with all sorts of stones. We read 
read about how Satan was made. And so for, for angels to even question who we as humans are, that means God has made us in such a way. He's made us in such a way. He's made us in such a way that we ourselves, we must carry a level of understanding of who we are and our respective sexes. You see, the Bible speaks of the greatest power. Paul said that if the same spirit that rose up Jesus from the dead, it dwells where? Inside of you. And so humans in general, we carry a level of power that we ourselves have yet to un um, discover. Why? Because some of our attitudes are poor. When you go throughout the scriptures, you realize that before Jesus was talking to anyone about any type of power, he went to the Beatitudes. He wanted to teach you about character. He wanted to make sure you are in alignment because to have a gift and bad character means that you want to die early. I'm telling you. And so the greatest power alive, Bible says, dwells inside of us. What a glory. And so as I continued reading scriptures today, I, I'm a Bible thumper. I like to go throughout the scriptures. And the Bible took me to Luke chapter 13, the woman who was bent over. And he began to speak to me in a special way. And the Bible says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. 18 years. How many of you guys would sit in this house when your marriage has not come for 18 years? You would call the sent man all types of names. You would go to every prophet in town to lay hands on you. But this woman here, she understood something that we are yet to understand. She stood there. She was there tarrying for 18 years. And when we continue to read, the Bible says... She, bent, she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. She was bent over. The Bible says that this woman was bent over for 18 years. So she was afflicted for 18 years. Demons tormented her for 18 years. And you don't have a job for one year and you are murmuring? You can't pay your rent for one month and you are murmuring. This woman, 18 good years, carried the spirit of steadfastness. She said, come hell or high water, this is my place called there. This is the place where you have planted me to grow. And no matter what, this is where I'm staying. And so she stayed. And not just any prophet came into town. The King Kong himself, the, the all in all came and told her to stand up. 
She was released from her infirmity. She was not just healed, but she was made whole. And the Bible indicates to us that this was an infirmity. And if you are not careful, you will live your life thinking that things are normal when again you carry the exceeding power in your life. Me, I don't deal well with sicknesses. That's a pet peeve of mine. Because how dare you enter my body? Let no man trouble me. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. Even a simple cold. I'm the most dramatic person you'll meet. A simple cold. I will go on my knees. Get out of me. I'm too busy to be sick. I have too many children to be sick. Too many lives depend on me to, to be sick. When you carry that exceeding great power, you walk in a different level, a different dimension. There's a priesthood anointed upon every person. You see, if you're not careful, you will think that women were made after men. No, the Bible says that he made us all in his image. And so we all carry a dimension of God. I carry the double-breasted dimension of God. The one that's able to feed and provide and speak and do. And so do you as a woman. And so you must learn to arise. I'm not a fan of excuses. When I see people having excuses, I truly believe God only gave me six kids just so I can tell you you don't have an excuse. Now, if you have seven or eight, fine. But if you have under six, and if they are spread apart, you don't have. Because I've gotten to a place in my walk with God where I told God, so long as I'm seeking after you, if you are in need of a maidservant, use me. And while you are using me, let me still be at the fullest potential to be a wife. My husband, I don't play with him. I, I carry him like an egg. That's my sweetie. He's my seventh child. My children, I make sure every day I'm in contact with them. And when I'm not doing these kind of preaching engagements, I'm on the floor playing blocks with them. I've learned how to prioritize and balance because I have caught the revelation that I carry a power inside of me. And he said, greater work shall we do. So why are you getting overwhelmed? Why are you allowing the enemy to speak to your mind? As for you, every day you are tormented with demons. Every day you are depressed. Every day you are anxious. Then where is the power of God in you? When will you arise to a level? When will you get to a place? Listen, women, we carry a dimension of God that is, is dangerous. Remember the other day, Samson's mother, an angel appeared to her and said that I'm going to give you a child after she was barren for a few. And the Bible says that she told the angel, make sure you tell my husband. And the angel had to sit and wait for her husband. And so there's a dimension of women that when we speak, we retain angels even from ascending until they bless us. And so you can't sit 
able to put a standstill in heaven. That is called power. She was able to put a standstill in heaven. And so those of you who are seeking for fruit of the womb, see, the enemy knows that our seed shall bruise his head. And so he is after us. When he sees a man, he just says, hey. But when he sees a woman, when he's able to identify that you are a woman, you see, imagine me telling you that your, ne your neighbor next to you is, is looking to kill you. Every time you see them, you'll be on guard, correct? And so every time the enemy sees us, he remembers the prophecy that is over our head. That this one, the seed is about to do something to me. And so I got to be on guard. And so you as a woman, you got to learn how to speak dimensions. Your tongues must never stop. You must get to a place where you can speak and heaven must respond. has to respond to you heaven must respond to you it is not okay for you to cry every five seconds listen your tears hold as prayers in some dimension but there's a dimension of priesthood that you cannot afford generals don't cry in public there's a dimension of you that you must be able to arise. If you don't arise, your family will be at stake. The other day, Deborah said that the inhabitants of this, this land had ceased. But I, Deborah, arose for such a time as this. Tonight I prophesy to you that the anointing to arise will come upon you. That just as Deborah, when there was no man to be found, Deborah arose, the Bible says, and the Lord said that tonight he's giving you the same oil that Deborah carried to arise in a generation. If your father could not do it, tonight you are sanctioned to do it. If your mother couldn't stop it, tonight you are sanctioned to stop it. There is an anointing that comes upon a woman. The Lord said you are authorized to do this thing. He said, I have authorized you. You know, and, and, and I, and I <laughs> when I do these type of things, I speak to my husband a lot. You know, that's my best friend. And so I was talking to him the other day, and I said, babe, in the book of Revelations, this woman, she was not covered by a man. And so what do you do in that circumstance? A dragon is there ready to take your child. Do you now have to go and look for somebody? No, this is when the priesthood anointing of the woman arises. Did you see a male pregnant during Revelations? No. The Bible says she was there. She was face to face with a demon. The serpent had turned into a dragon. What you don't defeat in your early years, it will grow and become a dragon. And if you don't learn how to gain spiritual muscle, a time will come. Do you think it's easy for my husband to release me? But he knows the level 
in which I operate as a woman. Before I even drink something, I would have poured the blood of Jesus 68 times inside of it. I see. Do you know that as women, because we are so sensitive, essentially, we are the secret strength of our husbands. And so if you don't learn to have a seeing eye, a hearing ear, and a heart that perceives you are doomed, your whole family is doomed. Because we essentially are the mouthpiece of God. And so we feel it, we see it, our dream life is ignited for a reason. Then you give it to your husband. And he, as the priest of the home, he stands up and he declares. We travail, they declare. And when you have such, when you have such a union, it is hard for the enemy to tap in. The Bible speaks of that our words, men instruct, but women, their words are law. And if you don't know these things, you will sit around every day thinking that it's about your hair and your nails. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. That one there is too, and we'll talk about it. But I must first unveil to you that as women, you are the burden bearers. You are the ones that when the, get, the going gets tough, you must stand up and arise. When things look shaky, that is when you step in. You see, you're soft and cuddly and calm and you do your thing but, and your husband is the strong one. But when he is weak, what happens? Nobody was there to protect the, the woman and her seed. So she had to arise. Tonight, I'm imparting in you a grace to arise from every limitation, everything that has kept you shut and bound, that which does not allow you to pray dimensions of prayers. The Bible says that Elijah prayed dimensions of prayers, that which does not allow you to go deep in the spirit. Today we break that limitation from off of you and we say arise, say arise, oh my soul. It is time that we learn who we are. When you read Psalm 68, it speaks of how God gave a word, 168. God gave a word. And the women there began to proclaim the word. And when they proclaimed the word, the enemies of the kings began to flee. And they began to divide the plunder. That stands to reason that a dimension that we have is we hear the word of God and begin to profess it. And every enemy inside my marriage, my children, my business, my ministry must begin to flee. And I must begin to take back that which the enemy took from me. You don't sit there when you have such great power inside of you. You have such great power. And if God does things exceedingly, if he's a God that shows out, that means my marriage must glorify God. 
Everyone must know about this marriage because it's bringing so many to Christ. My children are not allowed to be normal and regular. They must carry a dimension of God that is yet to be seen on this earth. My business, when people walk in, they are not allowed to just buy and leave. They must be arrested by the Spirit of God in that place. My ministry as a woman, it must bear fruit. If it does not bear fruit, what am I doing? And so the Bible continues on to say, then he put his hands on her, immediately straightened her, and she praised God. The reason why the enemy has you bound is because if you were to be loosed, you would begin to praise God. The Bible says the minute she straightened up, she began to praise God. This is why I tell people, if you are in a, such an atmosphere and you see everyone screaming and shouting and you can't, you better go into warfare and say, I take this muzzle from off of my mouth. I will praise the Lord because that is why the enemy has you bound. So you will not glorify God if he knows that he can keep you at 50 years old without getting married. He thinks that your circumstance will keep you silent. But when you catch this revelation... Come hell or high waters, I'm not remaining silent. I will not keep silent. Without a job, I won't keep silent. Without a marriage, I won't keep silent. Without a child, I won't keep silent. Without money in my account, I'm not keeping silent. My situation will not keep me silent. Say, I will not be silent. No, no, no. Declare, I will not. Be silent. Be silent. Your circumstance can't keep you silent. See, some of you are so carnal at times that everything can just sway you. You must get to a place where your circumstances cannot keep you silent. That is the day you even dress up more and you come and dance a dance like David did and let people question you and ask you what is wrong with her. Satan can't keep you shut. He cannot keep you to a place where you are shut. And when you continue reading, Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not the Sabbath. But then the Lord answered, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath day untie your ox or your donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water? There's always going to be a hater on the side. There's always going to be people talking on the side. And so you must determine to make your face like flint. I don't care what you say, what you do. As long as God has called me to it, he'll walk me through it. And you continue reading. And it said, then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. My God. See, say, may I read with revelation? 
Say, Lord, give me revelation as I read. He identified her as the daughter of Abraham. So the next thing I want you to understand that a submitted woman is a healed woman. You must come from a spiritual tribe. You don't just get up and decide I'm doing ministry. You have no covering. I'm doing my own thing. You have no cover. You come here and you expect the pastor to come and say hi to you. Listen, you must learn to know the people you need and the people that need you. And the people you need, when you see them, you say hi. You swallow your pride quickly. Quick. Someone say quickly. A submitted woman. He was able to identify the spiritual tribe in which she came from. That is why he can do that miracle for her. Some of you, you have no submission. Not under your husband, not under a pastor, not under anyone. And you expect the Lord to take you to the nations to preach the gospel when you have not yet had a personal revival within yourself. You gotta be a submitted woman. The only reason I'm telling you now, yeah, I know how to preach. The only reason why I'm being endorsed worldwide by the grace and mercy of God is because people have seen how much I submit to my husband. I am not a loose cannon who can say and do anything. I don't just get up and go. And so that gives me a leverage over women who think they can get up and do whatever it is they want. Tonight, may we identify your spiritual tribe. May we identify where it is that you come from. When the Lord is in need, when he is looking for women to bless with marriages and babies and jobs, may he be able to say, this daughter of Abraham, this woman is submitted. Tonight you must repent. You really have to repent. Because God is, he's, he's looking. Right now, the move of God that's happening, before it was an all men's club. Then it moved to women who are not married and doing their own thing, not submitted. But what God is doing now is he's sending them out two by two by two by two. And so if you are not covered, tonight you better fix your mind, fix your brain. And ask the Lord to cover you. Ask him to place you somewhere. Tonight I came to let you know that you were made with fine, refined material. You are special. I call you out of obscurity tonight. You will no longer walk with your head down low because you carry exceedingly great power within you. But yet you carry a level of submission, a level of humility. There is a level in which we women must walk. And the men, it says, live with us by knowledge. And so you never stifle your wife. In fact, you push her. Because women, what we do is we gather the masses and you guys come and preach or you sell your products to them. 
But if you decide to stifle your wife, you are stifling a generation. If you decide to shut down and mute her voice, what you are doing is saying that I don't want to be known at the city gates. Because it is through us you are known at the city gates. So if you don't learn to empower us and tell us, baby girl, you can do this thing. God has called you to it. God has made you for such a time as this. Additionally, there's a woman in the Bible who many people don't speak of. Her name is Zeresh. Do we know who she is? See, she's the forgotten woman. But I would say she's a woman who we should never be like. She was the woman of Haman. She was the wife of Haman. And the Bible says that she went and told him to go and cover and, and, and get the gallows. Imagine Haman telling you that there was an issue back at the palace and you giving him such foolish advice that eventually he himself would have his head hanging on the gallows. See, when you are a woman, you must pray, Lord, give me a seeing eye, a hearing ear, and a perceiving heart. Because if you don't do that, you will end up placing your husband, your son, your father in the gallows that you told him to hang for someone else. This is a revelation that God gave me. That the wisdom and the influence of a woman can either lead her husband to death or to salvation. Imagine if she told her, calm down. We always talk about Job's wife, and, and she said, curse God and die. What about Zeresh? She literally walked her husband into his death. So you must be a woman that carries wisdom. Know when to speak, when not to speak. When to open your mouth, when not to open your mouth. Abigail understood this principle. Beautiful woman, she understood this principle. And lastly, before we enter into a time of prayer, the Bible says in Esther chapter 2 verse 12, I believe, it said that Esther soaked in the oil of myrrh for six months. She soaked in it for six months. See, I just unveiled to you the priesthood dimension of the woman. Now I'm getting to the womanhood, the soft and cuddly part of a woman. The woman that is supposed to take care of herself. The woman that is, is nice and has a tongue of honey and her words do not stir up anger. The Bible says that she soaked in it. How long have you soaked in the oil? How long have you soaked in the oil? As for you, every argument is an argument in your house. But if you would see the enemy behind the scenes and you would ascend into some realms and you would see that the enemy is trying to bring confusion into your mind, into your marriage, you would not easily argue with your husband over every silly thing. You would begin to pray dimensions of prayer all while sitting down in your skirt looking so beautifully. How long have you soaked in the oil? Women, you see, the reason why she soaked in the oil, to make her skin soft. 
And so women, we have to be soft. We are influential. We are enterprising. We are leaders. We are bold. We are all these wonderful leadership things. But do not forget that you are supposed to be soft and cuddly. Don't forget that you are, you are God's baby girl. And so you walking in bitterness. Every day, yapping, yappa, 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 every day. He said it's better to be uh, uh, on top of a roof or a leaking roof than to be with a woman that yaps as much as you. Everything asked for you, you will say. And most of the times, you don't say it in the spirit. You say it in the flesh. Say, mercy on me, Lord. Come on, say, mercy on me, Lord. <laughs> May the Lord have mercy on you. There's a dimension where you must understand that you are, you are soft, you are cuddly. I always tell women, make sure you dress enough to, for us to know that you are a lady. Let us know. You're walking around wretched. I told you, God only gave me six kids just so I can tell people, get it together. Get it together. Because there's no reason why you should be looking like the demon we are trying to cast out and you only have one child. <laughs> there's no reason why you should let yourself go. Is it only you who has children? Is it only you who's going through child pain? Is it only you? It's not. It's not. Some of you, one kid, two kid. And so, somebody said, and so. But you will let us hear about it till that kingdom come. Mercy on you. She's soaked in the oil for six good months. She made sure her skin was soft. Her body was glowing. She took, she took pride in who God had made her. See, when you don't understand the dimension of the woman, you even want to dress like a man. For what reason? For what reason? Today, I want you to arise. We're not just saying, Esther, arise. But I want you to arise from your slumber. I want you to get to a place where you carry the understanding that God indeed is with you. And anything that he has called you for, he will bring you through. Amen? Amen. Tonight, I want us to enter into a time of prayer. I want us to get to a place where we are so loosed that we can glorify God. Where we are so loose that we can sing praises unto God. We are so loose, we understand who we are. Many of you, there's an entrepreneurial anointing in this house. There's an anointing to make wealth, in this, serious wealth in this house. This is the house of millionaires in SA. That's what the Lord said. Said this house is the house of millionaires. He said in this house when you come, you may be desolate. But give yourself one to three years. You'll be... 
There's a wealth anointing in this house. In the realms of the spirit, I see a gold plate. It's huge. This is the house of millionaires. And I'm not just saying that to row you up. For the word of the Lord that came to me today in prayer, he said, the house that you are going to is a house of treasures. And I have stored up my treasures in this house. Go and unlock the door. And ah! Hey! This house can never lack. This house shall never lack. For say of the Lord, you've been through a time where the world looked and thought you would not make it. But you stood together and the Lord said he's about to honor you big time. Big riches, big treasures. Dimensions of testimonies that people across the globe will come and have to lay at this altar to obtain. I want you to begin, I want everyone standing and I want you to begin to thank God for his word. 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 Begin to thank him for his word. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for what he's doing. Come on, lift up your voice. Let heaven hear you for such a timely word. 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 In the name of Jesus. There was a, a female apostle that Paul spoke about. Her name was Junia. And the Bible says that he called her exceptional. Which stands to reason that there are women that God has called to lead. And I believe in the house of treasures. Tonight God is making some women leaders in this generation. I'm talking about governmental officials. I'm talking about the leaders of the law in um, South Africa. And tonight we are saying that Junior arise! Say Junior arise! Female apostles arise! Come on, begin to pray that God would use you in a dimension that your generation has yet to see. Lift up your voice. 
the name of Jesus. Say, my father, my maker. My father, my maker. Tonight. Tonight. As your word was released. As your word was released. Tonight. Tonight. My ears and eyes are open. My ears and eyes are open. I ask that you use me. I ask that you use me. In a dimension. In a dimension. That my generation has not seen. That my generation has not seen. As I begin to pray. As I begin to pray. Under open heavens. Under open heavens. I declare myself. I declare myself. A vessel to be used. A vessel to be used. Come on, pray. with some barrenness issues. If you are seeking for the fruit of the womb, you can come up here for your child, your grandchild, or for yourself. I want you to take a bold step and come. If you know that there are issues, if you know that generationally your mother had to struggle, your grandmother had to struggle, this is not the time for you to act diplomatic. When we come into the house of God, the Bible says, cast down your crowns. Forget about who you are and who knows you. Tonight, we are going to intercede for them. And the Lord must respond. He must respond. He will respond. He has promised to respond. I want you to gather in the front. And those of you who are in the back, I want you to extend your hand towards them. The Bible says that Elijah heard an abundance of rain. And when you look throughout the commentaries, the people who dissected the Bible, some of them are saying that it was not an abundance of rain that he heard. He heard a multitude of people praying and it sounded as if it was an abundance of rain. Tonight we are bombarding heaven together on each person represented here, that the Lord must bless their womb, that the grace of fruitfulness that is in this house must be released, that a year by this time at the Esther Arise Conference, that they will hold their children with their hands. See, the worst thing is for the enemy to blind you and not let you know what is wrong with you. We just did a testimony video online. I'm sure some of you guys saw it. 
And it was about one of our most powerful testimonies. One of our sons and daughters, they were in need of a child. But the issue was when they first got to the church, prophetically, I had seen that there was an issue. And so I called her up. But the first time I prayed for her, it was not really receptive. And it wasn't her fault because she genuinely didn't know there was an issue. She thought she was just waiting. But as time went on and her eyes began to open, she saw that the enemy had kept her kids in some baskets. And every time she would dream, every time she would conceive, she would end up releasing the child after the dream of the enemy taking her eggs. And so this thing is highly demonic because one of the mandates of a woman is to bear fruit. And so anytime the enemy wants to stifle you, he makes sure that he, 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 he messes up your womb. He shuts down your womb. But there is an authority that you carry. And there is a power that is at work within you that is able to deal with that which wants to deal with you. I'm mantled for fruitfulness. It is something the Lord gave me. And today, if I be a prophet of God, if you believe in this, the oil that flows from this altar, hiding under my husband's grace and the man of God, the set man of God, a year by this time, at the Esther Arise Conference, we should have a multitude of babies crying to the point where ushers have to tell you, get out, you are disturbing us. There's another testimony. A woman, she is actually the daughter of a man of God. 11 good years, nothing was coming. No child. I met her when I went to Europe. Prayed over her. She called me about last month and she showed me a baby. And I, I almost, I, I almost drove off the street. She said, the Lord has done it. After 11 years of the enemy mocking her father's ministry, the Lord has done it. Tonight, that will be your testimony. It is never too late for Jehovah God. It is never too late. I declare your womb blessed. Whatever cyst, fibroid, whatever issues, tonight, we cast it out in the name of Jesus. If the same power that rose up Jesus from the dead, if it lives inside of your womb, it must give birth to a child. It must give birth to a child. When the enemy wants to stifle you, he stifles your ability to give birth. Even for the men, we think that only women are the ones who go through it. Anytime I've ever spoken to a guy, he said, I didn't know how to handle it. It was just as much pressure as it was on me, on her. Tonight we declare a release. I want you to stretch forth your hand and pray for them like they're your own brothers, your own sisters, your own daughters, your own mothers. 
I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray for them. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. And the worship um, team can give us a song. I want you to pray with all fervency that Lord, if you hear me, let a sign and a wonder come through their bellies because when the Lord does it for them, that means he is in the neighborhood to do yours for you. And I want you to lift up your voice and cry out to God. Those of you who are in the front, wage a good warfare. Don't just stand there. The Bible speaks of the fervent prayers of the righteous. It availeth much. Learn how to get angry in the realms of the spirit. The enemy is tormenting you. He's trying to make a mockery out of you and you ought to be upset about it. My help has come. Oh, my help has come.
Today I declare to you that you are rising. That you will no longer be hidden. That you will no longer be oppressed. That your potential will begin to flow. That you would know God in a special way. That God will use you to break the curses from your backline, from your generation. Today I declare to you the anointing to travail. May the spirit of prayer fall upon you. May you begin to show the world the dimension of God that we are yet to see. May the Lord choose you. I want you to declare, declare, choose me, Lord. Say it again. Declare it like you mean it. Declare it like you mean it. Declare it like you mean it. Want you to give a clap offering unto God? 